0: Whoa, Father Harrison, I'm getting ready to hear a whole bunch of confessions, I hope. Mm-hmm. We have in the diocese of Pittsburgh, this uh, little event we do. We've been doing it for years now. I don't know how many years. But it's called The Light is On For You. A very warm and cozy kind of Mm -hmm. welcoming name. Uh, But the idea is that from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. across the diocese, um, at least in every parish grouping, confessions will be offered. So by the time you hear this, I've hopefully heard a lot of confessions. But uh, I told the people today at Mass I reminded them of it. I said, I will be bringing a spiritual book with me. I hope and pray I don't get a chance to read one word of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll see. Because a lot of times, there's one year I heard confessions three hours straight. Mm -hmm. But the next two uh, were like, because we do this, I think, once during Advent and once during Lent, I think is when we do it. Uh, And a lot of times, it'll be confessions for like an hour and a half mm-hmm. and then you're kind of like twiddling your thumbs for the next right. hour and a half and like eh, a few people come in and of course some comes in at you know um, 8.59 um, <laughs> and they have a half hour confession right and it, 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 I'd <laughs> rather have that happen than them not come at, at all yeah, 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 but it is a struggle with my humanity right <laughs> so it's like um, and that's uh, uh, hearing confessions can be very tough for me sometimes because if I'm not like if I haven't prayed and prepared for it, or if I'm in a bad mood, or if I'm like worried about my homily, I, I I struggle with, I think I'd end up doing an okay job at it. But one of the things I have to watch out for is like, where is my interior life right now? And how do I make sure that I don't throw that on the penitent and just am there listening and offer God's mercy? It's one of the big struggles, I think, in the priesthood is hearing confessions well. Because um, a lot of times also when you're hearing confessions, like... When people, uh, or just the experience of people confess the same sins you commit. And right. like, okay, am I, do I listen to my own advice? What am I doing too? Yeah, It can be very convicting hearing confessions as well. I, we talk about confessions a lot, but they're a really big deal. But anyway, yeah. hopefully I'll be hearing three straight hours of confessions. God's mercy will be pouring out all across my, my diocese. And uh, it's a good thing nice yeah i got a reconciliation service tonight so we'll we'll see we'll see
1: i actually i've never done one at this parish yet so we'll see how it goes we didn't had one last week at our parish it wasn't super well attended i'll be honest i was a little disappointed actually we had like maybe 45 people show up
0: which is meh. i mean we're not a huge parish but still i was kind of hoping more like 80 can i offer a hot take yeah i think reconciliation services are highly overrated go on I think you just open the doors and have people go to confessions. Now, I know, I know, like, if you do them well, I think they can be done well. Yeah. Because maybe do a little scripture reading, a little preaching to help prepare their hearts and everything. But I feel like a lot of times the people who go to these things, they're there for confession. Let's just, let's just start. Let's just knock them out. That's kind of where I'm at. And I know there's a lot of like, you know, uh, post-Vatican II, re-adopting the uh reincorporating the communal dimension of penance and the liturgical dimension of penance and i kind of get that but i also kind of don't care let's just have confessions that's where i'm personally at that's a personal opinion of father anthony that you're allowed to disagree with people it's okay i like to think i'm always right in reality i know i'm not that's my personal opinion all right i will comment on this after you introduce the podcast okay hey this podcast is called clerically speaking and my name is father anthony sharappa and my name is
1: father harrison air how about so, that okay i let's i was like okay i'll, I'll talk about confessions because we'll talk we just talk about it a lot it's great it's great um, i've been pondering this because i think i know what my parents i think part of it is i mean a or it's more of a a room with a screen in it if you want the screen or if you want to sit down type of thing which is fine uh-huh. um but a lot of people don't take advantage of me being here like and and if they want to go to confession to someone else they got to drive an hour somewhere else <laughs> yeah right so there is that remote factor however i've been pondering it and i'm going to probably put like a little letter or article in the parish bolts one day who would you like you gotta maybe let's use the analogy of of um of fatherhood okay. who would you prefer to help you in a moment of crisis Would it be someone who knows you well, who interacts with you on a regular basis, like a father, for example, Mm -hmm. or would you just prefer it to be some stranger who you know is is someone who can help you out in life and stuff like that, but they've never met you before and uh, probably will never see you again? I I think you'd prefer the former.
0: Yeah. I know where you're getting with this. So, yeah,
1: let me, I'll finish the point. Yeah if that's okay um i think for me like because a it's about people forget about the seal i can't even treat you differently despite whatever you confess to me in confession secondly can use the screen and i probably won't even know you but third there's something about the fatherly aspect of your local priest who can know you and help you in a better way than some rando
0: yeah i think there's there's a couple things with that one is uh there is a tendency in North America to treat the parish as a, a, uh, as a consumer product sort of deal. Like I go there for my services, I go there for my product. That's a part of it, but also, and if you talk to people, the reason they say it's not because they want to get in and out, it's yeah. this aspect of shame. Uh, Mm -hmm. that they're afraid that the priest will look down upon them. Um, They're ashamed of their sinfulness. Now we should feel guilty for our sin because Mm -hmm. uh, guilt is like what lets us know that what we've done is wrong and impels us to change. But I think a lot of people think because I am a sinner, because my sins are so embarrassing, because my sins are so dumb, because my sins are so evil, there's no way father could look upon me with love. And the truth is, we know your sins are bad and evil and dumb and that experience of shame. We've felt all those same things. But most of all, it's like, okay, but do we remember then that the Father, the Father, knows all that and still looks upon with you with love, has not for one moment withdrawn his love? He may have withdrawn constellations, sure, but he's not withdrawn his presence or his love from you. And I also wonder... Do I do a good job of presenting myself as a father, Mm -hmm. and because it's tough because you don't get to know every parishioner, Um, and and not every parishioner gets to know who you really are, but do I do my best to show them the father's love in my day-to-day interactions, Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes no. Right. Um, So it's it's tough. I get that it's tough, uh, but I also know the benefit of going to a spirit like I go to spiritual direction and I go to Mm -hmm. confession with the same priest Mm -hmm. and. The bonuses, the the benefit of that is has been huge for my spiritual life. Uh, so if yeah. you do what you got to do to get the sacrament, fine. Yeah. You know, don't feel ashamed if you want to drive an hour away to go to a stranger priest. I mean, just get the get the graces work. The sacrament's good. But yeah, there's something about having your pastor really be your spiritual father. That's really important. I think sometimes we we miss out on.
1: Yeah, it makes, actually it starts putting a thought in my mind, maybe I should just cancel our like Lenten reconciliation service and just offer more confessions.
0: You could, but then at the same time, like to be practical about it, there are some people who are just going to wait for that service and are not going to go unless they see that service in the bulletin. And yeah, it's easy for us to say, well, then do you really care? But sometimes if you can go the extra mile to get a few confessions... It's it's a tough it's a tough equation. Or maybe you invite uh, less priests. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not wasting their to, time. So then, it, well, then it forces oh, people yeah. to, go, to
1: go to you. <laughs> I don't want to wait three hours for the other guy. I'm going to go to this one.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was thinking out loud.
1: Just thinking out loud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. the thing. I mean, yeah. Part of that too is sometimes you feel bad. This will happen sometimes. You'll invite priests to a reconciliation service and then people don't show up. And you're like, sorry, buddy. Because uh, the things are that uh, priests. Um, are very busy and are struggling with a lot of different things and uh we're gonna talk a little bit about some of those uh struggles in the summa tweetalogica summa 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 tweetalogica I'm trying to do the thing. I'm trying to do the thing. Yeah, I see that. I was like, oh, he's...
1: I know... I already know which one he's going to choose first.
0: Yes, this is from Simcha Fisher at Simcha Fisher. Um, before we read her tweets, I will first tell you that the Summa... Theologica was Thomas Aquinas' summary of theology. The Summa Tweetologica, the far more famous version, is our summary of things we found interesting on Twitter. And this is from Simcha Fisher who says, I interview priests regularly for a vocations column, and I just had a rather sad conversation. He didn't complain, but I could read between the lines. Parish priests are lonely, you guys, busy and lonely, and they get yelled at a lot for things that aren't their fault. Hmm. So uh, I sometimes struggle with talking about this because uh, I, I, I'm always very hesitant because there can be uh, a spiritual kind of sickness that happens both in families and in the church where a father asks his children to take care of him. And Mm -hmm. I think you have to be careful with that because that's not their job. It's not your job, right? Right. You're putting a burden on them that is not theirs to carry. It's your job to care for them. Now, there's, of course, there's differences. You know, when our fathers get in the family, get old. Yes, it's Mm -hmm. the children's duty to make sure they're taken care of. Sure, sure, sure. But sometimes when a priest talks about struggles, it can be a kind of self-indulgent thing. And so I want to avoid that. But at the same time, I am constantly... Amazed at how many people really don't understand what a priest's life is like, both the joys and there are so many of them, mm-hmm. uh, but also the struggles as well. I shouldn't say amazed because growing up, I didn't think about a priest's interior mm-hmm. life or you know what he does. He shows up for mass, and why I don't know. It's fine. Um, but uh, on a personal note, like I'm very blessed. I have a very good mm-hmm. core group of friends. Uh, maybe I have to drive an hour to see them, but they're there. And I can see them. Um, I've got a priest' small group. I- I'm blessed to have a lot of things, but there's some priests who really don't have those important human connections, And that can be very difficult. And when your only interaction with parishioners is people coming to you to complain about something. Like, just uh, just this morning, I was at the gym. And the gym is is not the time to talk to Father Anthony. I am working out my my human frustrations. I am working out just my spiritual frustrations. Do, do you I've, grab the
1: dumbbell and just scream at it?
0: I've gotten really close <laughs> some days, you know? I go to do deadlifts or squats, and I'm just, like, yelling. No, um, uh, But I have my headphones in. I, it's yeah. kind of my little oasis. And then yeah. someone. on someone I've got my headphones in and someone comes up to me god bless them but they're like are you a priest yeah it's like I thought you were a priest like yeah yeah yeah, I'm the priest and then spends like five minutes talking me talking to me about how terrible everyone was at mass the other day and I'm trying really hard not to be angry with this person and to be polite and to be present and it's sometimes it's difficult and some priests that's the only interactions I get with people yeah and that is rough yeah. So I've talked enough about that. Do you have any comments? Yes,
1: but I also, um. Hmm. so uh, my one little kind of, I worry sometimes that maybe, and I and maybe I'm just speaking from my own experience, sure. if I use the word lonely too much, mm. I've said this before on the podcast, I've never, thanks be to God, experienced a day of loneliness in the priesthood. Mm-hmm but I've experienced isolation and lack of community. Those are different things, yeah. right? You can be isolated and lack community and not be alone mm-hmm. and not feel lonely. I think that's an important thing to always kind of keep in mind. Um, I I mean, I experienced those things a little bit more concretely because my community of friends are two and a half hours away. Yeah, and it's that's a not as easy for me to get to. Um, and when I do get down there, it's like, it's always a really huge thing. Like, I'm like, I got to get down there more often just because I need that. Like, I, I need those people who know who I am, who know my my quirks and my personality type, mm-hmm. who can let me be myself and who can let me just kind of spew about things that I can't spew about with a p- prisoner.
0: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, but I think, and I don't, th- I think it's not about... Like you said, like we, we, everyone, I mean, in a way everyone's got their crosses and their vocations, right? So this is always going to be the fact, this isn't a, a contest to see who suffers more or something like that. (laughs) Right. right? We're not
0: special because we suffer. No. Yeah.
1: We, we just suffer differently. Yeah. Right. And I always, first of all, my thing is always when someone expresses concerns or a suffering or something like that, we shouldn't look at it as a competition thing. We should look at it as a, how can I help you bear your cross? Right. Right. but secondly like what priests bear they have to kind of bear amongst priests yeah because so this is where the isolation comes in for priests a lot of guys don't have that priestly community they can reach out to and say, I'm going through this. I need someone, or I need to process this situation that just happened or whatever. Sure, yeah. Right? Yes, you can pick up the phone, but there really is something about the face-to-face connection and, and being in someone's presence. Um, when you're hearing confessions, when you're with the family who just lost their teenage son, when you're visiting a faithful parishioner who, who's passed away, when you're dealing with like they're saying like yeah you people like we get yelled at for things that aren't even our fault it happens that happened to me last week yeah i someone chewed my ear out about something that i had nothing to do with and i couldn't do anything about anyways (laughs) yeah and i'm like and i can't i'll never change it and i'm okay with that right right um but a lot of these things we have to to speak about the details of it all and to bring it to people. Like we can't just, I can't go to a person's house and say, Oh my gosh, John and Jane Smith this week, they were so tough on me. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. It's not fair to the community. It's not fair to the person. It's not healthy, but I can do that with a priest. Right. We have to hear a lot of people's troubles and sorrows. It's very rare that someone calls up the priest and says, Hey father, let me tell you some good news.
0: (laughs) And to Actually, be honest, if that were to happen, pardon me would be irritated because I'm like, excuse me, I have suffering people to deal with. You keep your good news to yourself. Like, I don't know how yeah. well I would even accept that if it happens. Right. I, I would
1: be, no, I, I, no I, I love it. I think it's great because sure. it, no, it, it is I, good. Yeah. It is good. And, or, um, and, it, and I don't think, just as, um, just as children find ways, I think, okay, the number one way. You can support your priests is to find ways to show them appreciation just as a child shows up on their parents birthday with breakfast in bed kind of thing not right that is a natural feeling. Fum- <laughs> not saying children. Jo- yeah, don't, don't you know, do Not saying literally here. I'm using it as an example of a child's.
0: I couldn't help Come myself. People. I'm sorry. Come on, why are you in my house? Get out of here! <laughs> this is not protecting God's children. You're inviting so many diocesan coats right now. Thanks for breakfast. Um, no, uh, okay, sorry. You know, I couldn't anyways. help myself. Uh, yeah, I know,
1: I know, I know. I was like, I was using the example, I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> but there's something to that, right? Yes you know if you if you notice something your priest likes it's ha- it's it's helpful not all the time but to get them that once in a while or to give them a card on here's my big thing i know some priests are like i don't like having my birthday celebrated whatever birthdays and it's but this is a big one priestly anniversaries
0: yeah that's cool
1: especially when they're major landmarks right like those are huge to celebrate because when that happens it tells us okay people appreciate what we're doing it, right. We need that human encouragement. And sure. you see, in a family, you get that through your spouses and your children. And I don't think people think that a lot of priests, if they're living on their own, won't get that. So, you know, help help dissipate the difficulties of um, of isolation and lack of community for a priest by, and not doing those things, but also like, Developing a spirit of deference that if you bring something to a priest and he says, this is what we're going to do. And you've had a conversation, just leave it. Don't fight it anymore because like what's fighting going to do, right? When it's always negative stuff coming at us, it gets, it does wear. It does wear. Thank God for the Blessed Sacrament.
0: <laughs> and those, yeah. Right. Um, Sorry,
1: I, I went on there. But. Yeah,
0: that's no, good. And just like, it's, it's also interesting though, because a lot of our sufferings, there are analogous sufferings in the family life. Like I know you've heard, I've heard uh, people come to you in the confessional and talk about how lonely they are. Right. Or they can't be intimate th- with their spouse in the way they used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, or and, like all these things, like there's, there's analogous sufferings, absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, in the family life as well. And just like a priest may be surrounded, maybe in a successful parish and surrounded with people, but yet not receive that sort of affirmation, sometimes that happens in families as well. Uh, You know, husbands and wives aren't talking to each other. They're not affirming each other. Mm -hmm. Raising kids is most of the times this ordinary slog because they're not fully developed. They don't understand appreciation or gratitude. Um, The few moments that they they make some sort of, you know, Action or response and gratitude become amazing and beautiful and wonderful because they're doing the best that they can to show you, in the way that they can that they love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, are, there is analogous. So I think, really, you know, your parish family needs to more and more model a healthy, uh, uh, yeah. natural family. Yeah. And you can see both the sufferings and the graces. They're different, absolutely, yeah. but similar. And just like you know, it's I'm so happy when I hear that married couples. Are able to hang out with each other, or moms are able to hang out with each other, or dads are able to hang out with each other. Because in the same way that no one's going to get it in the same way that another priest gets it, you know, no one's going to get it in the same way that uh, another married family is. Yeah. So it's really important to have that those interactions between priests and married people. Uh, There's are so healthy and so wonderful, but they also need we also need to kind of go to our own groups at times as well because it's just it's different. So anyway so wow yeah, yeah, yeah just uh I, I you know i think your point
1: about like how a parent should model a a family now also remember it's going to model a family and there will be dysfunction too right because <laughs> yes, there, sense, will, there be. will be that but just i guess think of it that way right because then yeah. if you are if you find those small ways once in a while, i'm not saying like again not every week but even like once or twice a year to say hey father thank you for this you did a good job or here's a little something to say thank you whatever We don't do it for those things, and we survive without it, but it encourages them. It gives them that normal human encouragement to be willing to go through the hard stuff for the sake of the parish as well, right? right. Because if all we get thrown at us is the negative stuff over and over and over again, then it just makes us want to naturally retreat because we are human beings, and we will never live up to our office because we are human beings. and. Um and yeah, we just that encouragement helps us to want to to strive
0: to live more authentically, the
1: office that we right. that like, we just are, like try to bear.
0: Yeah, just like you know, no one's a mom because you know what? No one's no woman says I really want to be a mom because you know what? I really love uh macaroni art. And yeah. I wanna have some kids and get that macaroni art and that's what's gonna keep me being a mom. Absolutely not. You're still gonna love your kids and love being a mom uh when you're not getting those gifts. But those little things like that. You know you know how much that helps and those yeah. are things to kind of um treasure and hold on to not to cling to but to hold on to and a reminder of yeah this is important what i'm doing yeah um so anyway yeah, yeah that's all good right. that's a good topic Whew. all right let's 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 lighten it up yeah let's lighten
1: it up from uh jonah goldberg at jonah dispatch i'll just say it all pod based coffee makers no matter how high end are inferior to traditional drip coffee. I don't know if it's the tech or the kind of coffee in the pods, but I'll take a traditional pot of diner coffee over any of these newfangled things. And I just want to say how much of a garbage tweet that is.
0: <laughs> wow, okay, yeah. Because let's, let's, he's let's...
1: obviously never had Nespresso coffee.
0: I was going to say, Nespresso coffee is one of those exceptions. Like, I mostly agree with him, but...
1: Go ahead. I, I, I love. i I'm I love a good pot of coffee. Although
0: diner coffee, like
1: no diner coffee, is garbage.
0: Yeah, that's weird. That like is diner coffee. That is a weird coffee. flex. That's yeah, a weird no. flex
1: to make. You know, yeah. I, I I'm all about a drip. I'm, I'm all about drip coffee too. I'm not. You know, and your brother Nick makes a wicked uh, pour over. Yeah. Right. But there are there is
0: Keurig. Yeah, it sucks.
1: But Nespresso, man. Nespresso.
0: Right, yeah. It's good. And I've I've already given so many correct takes about coffee uh, that I think I'm all out. I think I'm all out of good takes because I've said them all before. Um, But yeah, the Nespresso, it's pretty good. And it's definitely better than nasty, um, like old... Uh, drip coffee from a church when they haven't cleaned out the machine in forever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's, you got to open your mind when it comes to some of this coffee stuff. Yeah. The problem is if we, there's a danger in liking something too much where you, uh, or there's a danger in fandom. And when you get too plugged into a fandom or you like something so much that makes you hate or not be open to other things, that's a problem. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. This is from father Joseph, uh, Krupp at joe m black and he says maybe at the judgment we will realize that the real liturgical abuses are when we take a man who has dedicated the entirety of himself to the eucharist and accuse him of abusing it oh Mm. my what a spicy take (laughs) um this is getting to a lot of stuff because objectively are there priests who do not offer the holy sacrifice to the mass with At least an outward care that they should yeah that's the thing that happens but and this is very difficult to say you have to be careful with it especially in the time that we're in now Uh, I understand there's a lot of nuances in that Mm -hmm. but you gotta be careful when you're gonna go after one of the Lord's anointed even if one of the Lord's anointed is a total jerk face Um, And that's a lesson we can can pull from the Old Testament. Like, even if a priest is a bad priest, I'm not saying you don't call out abuses. You absolutely do, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not saying you don't call priests to a higher standard. You absolutely do. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything the priest says. No, 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 no. I'm talking about something different Mm -hmm. that when you are actively degrading, someone that the Lord has chosen to be his priest, you gotta be careful because that has spiritual consequences. Uh, And how often do we lash out at some priests, not because of their sins, but because of the sins of other priests. Mm -hmm. And I have found that this is a thing that's happening. And this is not a a woe is me, a woe is the priesthood thing. Uh, But sometimes people will use the abuse scandal To attack priests for entirely different reasons, Hmm. Uh, and I've literally experienced this in my parish. Hmm. You know, there was this whole thing about um, we were changing the hymnals because we were seven parishes becoming one. We should all have the same hymnal. Something that to me is an obvious choice, but there was someone who was very upset with this, and this person said that you know what, I'm going to go to a different parish because at least they don't have, uh, and a different diocese because at least they don't have abuser priests it's oh my like gosh. whoa buddy you're throwing around some really big accusations just because you're ticked off that you don't like blue hymnals okay yeah. and so that's an extreme example but yeah. it's something that kind of happens and it will happen from the priest side as well like there is a the temptation for the priest to kind of like we, we joke about clericalism um, that's part of our shtick because we joke about it because it's a ridiculous idea because Harrison you and I know we are no better or holier than anyone else uh, but there can be the temptation for the priest to be like, "Oh, all lay people are like this." You know, there are times where priests fall to a kind of clericalism. Um, so it, it can go both ways, and you can lash out at certain parishioners because of what other parishioners have done, and they don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really spicy tweet, but I think it gets at a few truths here. Mm-hmm. And I'm done monologuing.
1: I don't know. I monologued on the other one, so I'll just because I, I, I agree with what you said. So I'm just going to leave it there. Sorry.
0: No, nothing to be
1: sorry about. Well, I'm Canadian. It's the natural word that pops out of my mouth whenever I feel uncomfortable about a situation. Indeed, I forget about this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the most used word in Canada.
0: Yes, I, sometimes I, I forget. I think say I want to forget that Canadian. Cause i Canadian. Because I love and respect you so much, it's hard for me to get over my Canadian biases. Yeah. It's an ongoing struggle, and I'm glad you're patient with me. Okay, uh, are we All done right. with tweets? No, I got, I, think, I got one more. We got one go more. Go, yeah. go
1: All right. From Adventany Ferguson at Artferg. Looked at the readings for Saturday, Saturday Daily Mass for my homily prep. First thing I noticed is this verse from Isaiah. This is the way, walk in it. Mandalorian homily, anyone? Because this is the Mandalorian phrases is the way, but this is why I chose this tweet. Looked at the readings for Saturday daily mass homily prep. What what stands out to you about that phrase, Anthony?
0: Looking at the readings for Saturday daily mass for homily prep. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) the good Anthony Ferguson is a deacon, so he looks like he's preaching on a Sunday.
1: No, he's preaching on a Saturday.
0: Oh, sorry, Saturday.
1: This is a daily mass that he's preaching and he's preparing for.
0: Yeah. Well, some places do have a Saturday morning mass.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I just, I remember tweeting back something to the effect of, you know you're in seminary when daily mass homily prep looking at the readings studying
0: them like oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny it's funny cuz last last episode we talked about how important it is to really yeah. dive in the scripture to pull yeah. out the sense yeah do we want to apply those same rules for daily mass cuz i definitely don't i definitely don't i often don't i might if i get some time i will quickly
1: glance at them mm-hmm. otherwise i'm just listening during mass and yep. if like something stands out, I preach on it. If not, I don't, and that's my discernment on, on daily mass stuff, because yeah, like that that is a seminary thing where you're like, I gotta, pre- and even when you're just new in the priesthood, you're prepping every homily, you're breaking out your commentaries and stuff like this. Yeah, that gets that's gone within six months of ordination.
0: Right. I think it's I think it's good to start off that way. Absolutely. It's start, and it's also good to let that go. Uh, I yes. think both things. But yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is actually oh the
1: benefit of, of seminary, right? Is that you actually have the time to do those things mm-hmm. so that when you're in the parish and you might not have that time, you've got that knowledge kind of seeping in you and stuff like that. I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh, yeah. seminarian <laughs> prepping a daily mass reading. That is such a seminarian thing to do.
0: I'm so <laughs> disappointed that I missed the opportunity to dunk on seminarians. Shame on me. Um, this, is but, for uh, leaving, this is what you get for leaving Twitter for Advent. I know. I mean, I mean I'm not dunking on people right away. Way, I'm being very much mo- I, I don't know what is this this is bad for my okay uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad Ferguson that you're prepping for your homilies I'm looking forward to you being a priest he was in yes. seminary with me he's a good dude oh cool um, nice. yeah okay uh, now it's time for speaking of scripture it's time for presbyteral exhortations and now it is time for presbyteral exhortations oh yes. yes, quite good quite good indubitably mm-hmm. i bet they can't wait to learn are gonna oh, learn oh, it's my oh, favorite part, part. Oh, oh, it's oh, the best part oh, <laughs> yes. yes quite, quite. yes right so i want to do something different today are you okay with this yep okay so background to what we're gonna talk about is uh a few weeks ago Uh, Yeah, a few weeks ago, I was meeting with my spiritual director and for one of my penances uh, after going to confession, he wanted me to read Romans 8 for a penance. So I've taken that and I'm reading Romans 8 every day uh, during Advent. I figured since I'm reading this, since I'm praying about it, let's talk about it on the show and kind of talk about some of my experiences with this scripture, maybe break it open a little bit, a little something like that. Sound good to you? Mm-hmm. You, like like you like that? I like that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and also it's actually added pressure because we just did that whole episode on like the senses of scripture. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see uh,
1: how spiritual you
0: really are. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> so I think the first line is what's going to, first of all, I'm going to use the, the new American, uh, the NAB translation. Yeah. And the reason why it's because you want to fill the coffers of the bishops' conference. That's what you want to because, do. Because well, one, yes, uh, I'm gonna I'm sending them envelopes of cash and trying to uh, increase my rank in the uh, in the hierarchy. Because that's that's why I do this. Ugh. But no, the real reason why when I pray with scripture, I pray with the NAB is not because it's the best translation, but because that's the translation we use at Mass. Yeah, 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 I know. So that's my reasoning. That's fair. Um, So that's my little, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so St. Paul says, hence now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And for me, I noticed something the first few times, I didn't notice this right away, but the first few times I read the scripture, how quickly I jumped over that line Mm. And there's something that will happen. And this is why it's important to go back to the same scripture passage often. Um, So it's good to do daily mass readings and that's all good too. But I think there's a great benefit in really forcing yourself to stick with one piece of scripture. Because I realized after a couple days that something about that line really bothers me. Something about that line was making me uncomfortable. Mm. Hence now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so just pulling this out into a purely personal sense, um, this is something that I struggle with, and I know a lot of people do as well. And I realize how often do I condemn myself, where one of my great struggles is, is this lie that I'm not a good priest, that I'll never be a good priest, that I'm a hypocrite, that all the podcast stuff is just a big show and you're actually a big phony. And I've spoken to so many people who in different ways feel the same thing that while God will tolerate you, he's kind of disappointed in you, right? Mm. God will forgive your sins, but he's really kind of you know, tired of your stuff, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and I had not realized how deeply those lies and those things are lies, had kind of snuck into my soul and were speaking to me. So when I hear, hence now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, part of me would rather prefer that I be condemned This is a real weird thing that will happen Mm -hmm. in the spiritual life. When you are in the tomb and you've been there for a long time, and this might be because of personal wounds. This might be because of things you've done. This might be for family reasons. This might be for all kinds of reasons where very often we do not live in the freedom of Christ. We live in the tomb and we become used to it. And so, yeah, it's cold and it's damp, but Hey, it's home. And one of the most difficult things in the spiritual life is stepping outside the tomb and actually accepting the freedom that christ offers you because at first that light is really shiny and all of a sudden you feel a breeze and that feels uncomfortable and weird and like look at all this open space what if i get lost what if i don't go the right direction there's something about allowing yourself or realizing that god does not condemn you God loves you, and here is you. Like your spiritual sonship or daughtership, that's not something that's taken away ever. Mm -hmm. Has been something I've been wrestling with. Hmm. That's a lot of personal stuff. So I'm not gonna make you share personal stuff. But what, what, anything, anything sticks out? Um, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Just I just had a that was a big stretch. A A big stretch.
1: Um, my favorite. Thing in Scripture. Mm-hmm. My favorite word in Scripture is the is word. Is
0: condemnation. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> is the word in. In. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. We are in Christ. Mm-hmm. So if we are in Christ, like in this is where a theology of kind of participation comes in. Yeah. And and this is what Paul's going to get into. This is actually, sorry, all of Romans is about participation in the life of Christ. Yeah,
0: that's a good...
1: Romans mm -hmm. 6, for example, baptism. You participate in Jesus' death. You participate in his resurrection. And you're still living the cross and resurrection until he comes again through baptism. Right? In, 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 in. This is not um, just a... This is not... How do you want to put it? We are in Christ more than like I'm in this room right now. Mm -hmm. It is a deeper sense it is a real sense that, like, I'm—maybe immer- a better way to put it is those who are immersed in Christ, right? Like, it's, it's, it's that—it's so much more deeper. So if you are in Christ, well, then no condemnation falls on Christ. Mm-hmm. So how can a condemnation fall on you? Exactly. Right? And that's the person, right? And this is where, again, I think, like, the person's sin distinction is so important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that distinction, by the way, only comes to light because of the cross, Christ, yes. because Christ is the one who goes to the cross to bear sin, He who knows no sin, we see on the cross revealed that a person is not their sin. Yeah, this is this is revelation, folks. We are mm-hmm. used to this idea now. This is this is the newness of the gospel right there. But sin wants to convince us that we are our sin. Exactly. Because it wants to remove the dignity of sonship and daughtership uh, in God. So if we are in Christ, then there is no condemnation on us, but there is condemnation on sin. And so it's about separating yourself from sin, right? Right. From your sins to say, "I am not my sin." I am like like saying, "I am not my sin. I am not my sin. I am not my sin." Saying that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, so that we can start to believe the truth that actually, no, I am a son. I am a daughter of the Father in Christ
0: because I am a son or daughter in the Son. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this, I mean, uh, yeah. Paul's going to be dealing with all this because there's a few things yeah. that happens because a few issues and he deals with them all throughout Romans. But one of those things is that, um, if you're in Christ and you're not your sin, does that mean it doesn't matter what I do? And he'll deal with that later because that's, that's a wrong way to interpret. But I think very often for the faithful Christian, that isn't their problem their problem isn't being lax mm-hmm. a lot of times their problem tends towards because it, like plagiarism. plagianism is like the flip side of zeal um, like we a lot of Christians really want to become holy and do the right things but then more and more they make what they do who they are right and then you're moving away from the gospel message so I think that tends to be the greater error for most faithful Christians. It's not that they don't care about their sin, it's because they don't understand that distinction. Yeah. Um, So he goes on, "For for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed you from the law of sin and death. For what the law, weakened by our flesh, was powerless to do, this God has done, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for the sake of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. So a few things are going on here. I want, it, here's the difficulty with Paul. is that I think there's two things that can happen. One, you can get too into the weeds about the terminology he uses. Right. And the other thing is you can ignore the terminology he uses and make Paul say whatever you want him to say. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe a little bit of some, some bumpers, some guards here. When Paul is talking about the flash and the spirit... He is not talking about the soul and the body, right? Uh, and that's the problem with these words because they're so deeply can be used for metaphors. Yeah. I'm talking about that. So flesh, kind of understood, is kind of the realm of sin in our mm-hmm. personhood. So it's especially not just in our bodies. body. Yes, yeah. especially in the body. Right, but I don't want. Yeah. He is not He's not making a, a soul-body dualism here. No, he's he, not. No, no. Right. Right. But in particular, and we 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 know this from experience, the kind of concupiscence, the tendency towards sin, that is indeed tied very much to our body, but right. it's not just our body. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then the spirit, while I think it's you can use the Holy Spirit, it's not that's not really what he's talking about. The spirit is more of like um, the divine life or the stuff of Christ. If we have the spirit of Christ, we have part of who Christ is in us. And that is the tendency toward the good. That is the divine life. So these terms, I don't want to make them too solid, but I don't want to make them too squishy either. Is that fair? Do you have any other? Yeah. So yeah, like,
1: whenever he's using the word flesh, like it is, it's 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 sarks in um in in the Greek. Sark's is bad. Soma is good, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> yeah. Sark's is it's the realm of the body where sin dwells. This is a something I'm pretty sure I'm trying to look it up, um, um, but I'm pretty sure the catechism goes on to talk about how concupiscence dwell. Um, it, it it dwells in the body.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so anyways, it anyways,
1: but anyways, sorry. I'm, I'm getting. But also, like, you don't wanna like
0: throw out like uh, pride. Right. these things that are definitely more spiritual matters than they are uh, right. physical. So, so I
1: guess what the idea for, for Paul is that the fle- when he's talking about flesh, he's talking about the inversion of the body-soul relationship, mm-hmm. right? The body's taking control of the soul, essentially. Um, that has been seen as giving priority instead of the right relationship as we had prior to the fall, which is the soul's priority over the body. Not saying the body is not important; it's just saying right. they have a higher. There's a hierarchy to this. So, so the flesh is is the is that part of our body that's trying to dominate over our soul. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Good. Yes. Yeah. So I'm gonna read just a chunk, and yeah. then we're gonna talk. about Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, <clears throat> and we're not gonna get to everything, of course, in that, but just the things that I've been thinking and praying about, because that's what I'm thinking and praying about. For the concern of the flesh is hostility toward God. It does not submit to the law of God, nor can it. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh. On On the contrary, you are in the spirit. If only the spirit of God dwells in you, whoever does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Mm-hmm. If the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal, bu- mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Consequently, brothers, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live." And the big thing I've been thinking about and praying about is that so often we believe the lies that I can never change, that I can never be holy. Maybe it's a particular sin, maybe it's just a habit of your being, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. A lot of times it's habitual sin and we make our entire lives, and I've seen this so many times in confession, so many times in spiritual direction people take the entirety of their spiritual life and base it around sin so if i have commit this sin then i'm bad if i avoid this sin then i'm good mm-hmm. but overall there's a feeling that i'm never going to break free from this sort of thing i'll never be whole i'll never be healed and paul is saying that is not the case mm-hmm. because of what christ has done on the cross putting to death the flesh putting to death sin that same freedom lives in you and he'll go on to say uh talk about yeah there's there's gonna be sufferings and yeah you're gonna fall but this is something that christ desires to do in you and if christ desires it and guess what like the whole thing like, do i is, is christ in me we don't need to overthink this are you baptized mm-hmm. if you're baptized christ lives in you yeah and yeah and you and I'll, him yeah exactly and you're all i mean you have the divine life in you and it's so easy to be like well but i still sin i'm still stupid that's not the point christ is in you and do not let the enemy do not let the devil take that truth away from you because it's when we give into the idea that i am only my sin or i am only my actions not saying the actions are important but if we give it to that idea then we we're fighting on the wrong battlefield Mm -hmm. And we're the ones in front of you. We're not letting Christ fight within us. So this, what has struck me, the reason why my spiritual teacher gave this to me was because he's trying to encourage the hope that I'm experiencing during this Advent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the message I kind of want to share. That so often we let go of hope and we buy into this lie that I'm doomed to only be my sin. Mm -hmm. And that is not true because Christ lives within you. Yeah. And this is actually
1: kind of opens up to something that's been, I was preaching at, so twice a month I help out. My Bishop is looking after parish cause we're so short on priests here. And so mm-hmm. twice a month I help out with our evening mass on Sundays and um, I was preaching on this. I changed it up from when I was preaching at my parish. And I was talking about this hope thing, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And I was just talking about how, why is it then that Christ still allows us to suffer? Mm -hmm. Why does he still allow us to die? Why does he still allow us to go through anxieties and feelings of, of existential nihilism and all that fun stuff? Yeah. (laughs) And I said, it's one good. And it just, it just popped in my head as I was preaching. I was, it was, Mm. I think it was a Holy spirit moment. I said, well, that's enemy territory. Right. Mm -hmm. Sin, death, suffering, all those things, that is, those are the fruits of the reign of the devil. Yeah. What does Christ come to do to destroy that reign? So he needs to enact and in his army, if you will, of the church to enter into enemy territory there. And that can only come with hope. So why are you suffering? Well, because you're fighting with Christ in Christ to destroy the reign of the flesh so that you can bring about the reign of the spirit. Yeah. Right. This is whole Paul's whole point. It's to extend. We are co reigners with Christ and we are there to help extend his reign throughout the world. And so we have to go into this. And that's where the hope is. It's like to say, yeah, but Christ is with you because you're in him. This is what baptism has done. This is the objective reality. So, start to, it kind of gets back to what we were talking about last week when we were talking about the Flannery O'Connor quotes. Like, grace is working whether you know it or not. So, Mm -hmm. always, like, it's about making those small acts of faith in those moments. I'm not my sin. I, or I, yes, I'm suffering, and it's not the result of my sin personally. I mean, sometimes, hey, sometimes suffering is the result of our sin. Right. Right. That's a consequence of our actions. Right. It's not God. Putting his punishment on us is just like, yeah. Well, you rob twenty thousand dollars from the store. Yeah, you're going to go to jail. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. You know, it's not like God said to the police officer, "Hey, go arrest them now." Right? Um, There's going to be some suffering, but sometimes it's like, no, you got cancer. Well, it's not because you lied three times in grade three. Right. Okay? It's not karma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, this is the reign of the devil. Is always going to try and destroy us through natural and sometimes rarely through supernatural things. We need to enter into that suffering. We need to enter into that domain because Christ went there before us. Yeah. Right. And so because he went there before us, he now draws us into that mystery himself personally to gain this moment, this place for himself so that when he comes again, he can truly say with the whole earth, he is all in all. Yeah. And this is the whole point. He is all in all, even in death. Even in suffering, Christ is there. This is my this is my funeral homily all the time. Yeah, don't lose hope because guess what? Christ is even in death. This is his whole point. Even those things that say God
0: isn't here, God is now there. I don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, actually. So let's uh, let's hop around a little bit because I think it's more helpful to get to our to the, the points that we raised. So um, one, like Paul, is very aware. All those like things about the darkness that you're feeling, Paul is very aware of all of that because mm-hmm. he jumps right into, "'For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption through which we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, if heirs with God, then joint heirs with Christ. If only we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. So boom, right where we are talking about, right? So one, yeah, yeah. Paul knows you're tempted to fall back into sin, but you have a spirit where at every moment, no matter how badly you've sinned, you can cry, Abba father. The father hears you and the father draws you back to himself. That is something that will not be taken away from you in this life. That God will always hear your prayer. He will always call you to repentance. And he'll always call you to freedom. And that, 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 that spirit in which like, impels you to do that, you have that, so stop pretending that you don't. Mm-hmm. You haven't been, the, like Christ died not for you to be a, a miserable slave. He, he died so you can be free, and yeah, we're going to suffer with him, but even that suffering is going to be for the reign of Christ and the freedom in your life and in others. Amen. And he also mentions, and this is it's something we forget about sometimes too, because we get so locked into this world. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are, are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed to us. Yeah. Right? And like, it's very, sometimes we, we, we write this off as like, oh, pie in the sky. You're just doing this so you get to heaven later. Paul was very aware of the sufferings of this life. Being shipwrecked, stoned, yeah. rejected, poor, working, unappreciated, trying to put together communities that are always fighting with each other and not yeah. getting to the points. And he was like, yeah, I know all that's true but it's gonna be nothing compared to the glory that's coming. And we need to reclaim that for ourselves as well. Because so often we think that the blessing of God is dependent on how, quote unquote, blessed we are in this life. Mm-hmm. Like we we buy into the Joel Olstein BS. We mm-hmm. buy into saying it's like, no, 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 this life is temporary. No, no, no let's use pilgrims. a harsher term. It's heresy. Yeah, absolutely. It is heresy. Um, I thought you were going to use a harsher term and explain what BS meant. Which no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean the harshest of words. Yes, it is. It is. Um, and like we've forgotten, like we 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 so often think of this is our home, but it's not. No. This is mission territory. This is it's the war battlefield. Territory. Yeah. This is the battlefield. This is a pilgrimage, and we're here for a time. It's the and- wrestling ring. It's the wrestling ring. It's WrestleMania. It's, it's where the conflict happens, yeah. but the victory is won. And we, and that's not pine the spot sky thinking. That's not a hallucinogen. That is the absolute truth. And we need to reclaim that as well. And something about that, even psychologically is helpful to remember like, yeah, this is just for a time because mm-hmm. the one thing Satan will do, uh, he'll do a lot of things, but he'll try to take away your hope and try to take away your vision of the future. Yeah. And, Paul knows this too, because he knows that creation is all messed up, because he reminds us that all creation, uh, let's see, let's get this. um, uh, For creation was made subject to to futility, not of its own accord, but because of the one who subjected it in hope that creation itself would be set free from slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that all creation is groaning in labor pains even until now. Not only that, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan within ourselves as we await for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. You want go to ahead. jump in? No, you, well, oh. you, you finish, sorry. Okay, no, that was, that was the last part okay. I was going to finish about the scripture. So you, you go ahead,
1: go. I don't know if i talked about this on here before, but, but here's, here's my thing about the whole book of Romans, because Romans is brilliant. Yeah, right? Um,
0: <laughs> that Bible, wow. Yeah, oh.
1: I know. Romans is all about worship
0: and right worship
1: of god the the centerpiece of of romans is romans 12 1, right which talks about offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to god which is your spiritual worship everything that paul's talking about here is entering into jesus's worship of the father yeah this is the whole point so when you enter into suffering it is an act of worship in christ when you enter into death it is an act of worship in Christ that now we are we are reclaiming we're doing what Adam failed to do which is worship God in thanksgiving and mm-hmm. so in Christ he is now trying to take creation back to itself and this is why like going to mass is so freaking important <laughs> this is the place where everything that we do spiritually is now lifted up sacramentally into Christ's worship of the father on the cross everything this is why going this is why the church mandates um um going to mass on sunday it's so <laughs> that we can win the war
0: <laughs> yeah you know.
1: Yeah. it's like it's like my saying, sacrifice and yours yeah, it, it's like say because if we don't go to mass it's like saying okay yeah i know i know the germans are invading britain but i'm not going to get into the plane and fight them off right, right? <laughs> that's crazy talk man um <laughs> it's all about right worship it's all about right worship this right. whole thing that paul's talking about in romans 8 it's all about the spirit moving us to live out and be drawn into christ's worship of the father and that's only possible when we are in christ through baptism The and this is and the interpretive key for this too is also the first two chapters where paul talks about how how um the pagans failed to worship god properly right it's all about worship mm-hmm. it's awesome
0: and like he, he's also pointing to th- this mystery that you know uh, pain, death, the effects of sin, they're not just felt in moral qualities, but also in this broken world, disease, famine, uh, cancer, tsunamis. The world is awaiting its final, the completion of redemption as well. So we are adopted in Christ. We are spiritual sons and daughters of the Father. But there's also another sense where we're waiting to experience the completeness of that. Mm-hmm. so Satan's been dealt a mortal wound but just like any wounded animal he's thrashing about until and trying to take as many down with him as he can mm-hmm. Christ has won the victory but we're still waiting for the victory to be completed so we live in a time of tension and that tension is is difficult but it should not take away our hope mm-hmm. um, so I'm gonna jump into because he talks about hope after this for in hope we were saved now hope for what uh, now uh, so for hope we were saved now hope that sees for itself is not hope for who hopes for what one sees but if we hope for what we do not see we await with endurance so we were out of the economy mm-hmm. for in hope we were saved we were saved we we're waiting in hope Mm -hmm. And this is the difference between Christian hope and wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. Christ Jesus has saved us through his cross resurrection, through that mystery. If we are faithful to Christ, we have every reason to hope for our resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But we can't see it yet yeah, but don't let the fact that you can't see it. don't like mean, because like the mystery uh, is a different kind of mystery than the other mysteries, but the mm-hmm. mystery of sin and death, that can be overwhelming. And it's you can't imagine you might not be able to imagine how can God make this all better? How can the sufferings of the present time be as nothing compared to the glory? To be real to us you can't explain that or write down a plan you can't be like well suffering is really bad right now but in heaven we'll have a million puppies surrounding us that doesn't work when you have cancer that doesn't work when your child dies right but this matter of faith has been given to us in christ we can hope that yeah it's gonna be Mm -hmm. god is gonna win and we're gonna participate in that
1: yeah i just i always say hope is a fact it's
0: based a fact
1: right it's not. It's not wishful thinking. It's not thinking. Well, I really wish that maybe the this whole resurrection of the body thing is true. It's like no, no. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we know this is true. Yeah, and we're just waiting now for Him to see. This is where the hope comes in. I would. I would highly recommend to anyone listening to read *Space Alvi* by
0: by Pope Benedict. Mm, yeah, yeah.
1: Because this this hits. This is the whole point of his whole encyclical.
0: Uh, so there's, there's more we could do but I'm just going to jump to the end uh, okay. to wrap up and just uh, mm-hmm. what then shall we say to this if God is for us who can we be against, against us? us he who did not spare his own son but handed him over for us all how will he not also give us everything else along with him who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones it is God who acquits us who will condemn It is Christ Jesus who died, rather was raised, who is also at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being slain all the day. We are looked upon as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death Death nor life nor nor angels angels, nor principalities principalities, (laughs) nor present things nor future things nor powers powers, nor height nor depth nor nor any any, other creature will be able to separate us from the love of of God God. in Christ Christ Jesus Jesus our our Lord. Lord. Amen. And that's the best (laughs) wrestling promo you're ever going to (laughs) hear. Cineglosa no gloss Uh, that's good
1: that is that is yeah sorry nope that's it I'm just gonna keep shut
0: yep there you go hey (laughs) thanks for listening go and read some Romans read your Bibles guys I guess Um, you could say Romans reigns (laughs) oh I both hate and love that at the same time I know (laughs) Oh, thank Ugh. you for listening to the podcast. Um, I'm gonna look up the Google Doc; That tells me what to say because I forget. Yeah, thank you for listening. Please leave a review on iTunes. Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your enemies too, because Jesus says you must love our—we must love our enemies. You can find me at Father Sharafa on Twitter. You can find me at Fr. Harrison, and you can find us both at SLS20. Once again, we do you remember when we we're speaking? Yeah, January second at twelve thirty PM at the at podcast 30, booth. At the podcast booth. The SLS goes from December thirtieth to January third. If you're a college person and you you're on break, you go sign up. This'll be great to experience all these other people who are in the struggle with us, in the battle, and ultimately in the victory uh, for Jesus Christ. And uh, you can contact the podcast and receive updates at Clerical Pod on Twitter or email us at clericallyspeaking@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Peace. God bless.